The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. So it's time for our weekly TV and streaming spot. Joe Shea is joined tonight by Chris McKeever of entertainment.ie. And I am looking forward to talking to Joe in a moment about his pick of the week, which will certainly be worth watching. But I'm told I have to start by talking about Love Island because that's apparently very popular. Or is it as popular as it used to be? Anyway, before we talk about Love Ireland, let's hear some of the riveting dialogue. And this is Gemma Owen, 19-year-old, uh, very well known as a son of former, or daughter of former footballer Michael Owen, and her ex-boyfriend, Jack O'Neill, who also just happened to be brought in as one of the contestants. Let's hear it. It's nice to see you. I still care for you, obviously. I'm going to be looking out for you, so if you know what I mean, I still want the best for you, so... No, I, I want the best for you too. And it's just a weird situation. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, but how's the family? Good? Mm. All good, yeah? Yeah, everyone's keeping well. Good, good. And how about you? I see you've got a new dog. Obviously, you've been proper looking at me instead of you. No. <laughs> Have you seen it then? Oh, I just knew. You just knew? I haven't been stalking you, if that's what you're getting at. Well, that was quite recent. No. You've been stuck in my Insta. Nah, I've seen no, you've I got put a, a story dog on, on in the like in the first ten seconds. You're ten seconds, it. mate. Shut up. Ten seconds. That's true. Not ten seconds at all. Maybe thirty seconds. Not ten. <laughs> Grace McKeever, what's it all about this year? <laughs> well. I don't think that's a great example of the crack that we are having over on Love Island. However, um, yeah, this guy, Jax, you know, it's it's spelt the French way, J-A-C-Q-U-E-S, but it's not pronounced Jacques, it's Jax. Right. Uh, this is the ex, <laughs> this is the ex of uh, Gemma Owen, Michael Owen's daughter, and he's bopped on last night and they were actually playing a game of truth or dares or something like this. Never have I ever. That's the one where you drink if you actually have um, done X, Y or Z. So he said himself, never have I ever fancied an ex's mother and gave a look over at Gemma Owen as well and took a drink. Um, so I don't think those two are going to work out. And I think, God, if it wasn't bad enough for Michael Owen, you know, that must be pretty bad knowing that her daughter's boyfriend fancied his wife as well. Yeah, okay. 19, is she too young to be on this? Absolutely. It's far too young. And even we had like Molly May on it before, who was 20, I believe, at the time. And when she came out, she said, I am too young to have gone on it. You know, I think that there needs to be some sort of age limit, I'd say, like 22. Even some people are calling for it to be 21. I still think that's rather young. Um, Especially Gemma Owen, she went through the pandemic and at the start of the pandemic, she was 16. So she hasn't kind of been in these situations you'd imagine. And how exploitative um, does it remain of getting these young people, plying them a drink, getting them to sort of get off with each other, to talk in very personal ways on air for the entertainment of a public, which then goes on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, passing all sorts of comment. And has it in any way improved when it comes to actually protecting the participants? It has improved somewhat. Um, I mean, there's a two drink rule now per night. So you can't get absolutely blotto like you would have done in previous seasons. And I think that was enforced from last year. And then moreover, last year, 
we had issues with, you know, kind of aggression and that kind of thing and really riling up the contestants. Whereas this year it just seems like a lot more good, clean fun. I don't know whether that's down to who they've cast and who they've selected. Um, but they seem to have more of an awareness of themselves in a positive way, maybe slightly more trained on what to expect and how to conduct themselves because it does seem more lighthearted. Okay, a listener wants to know, who cares about Love Island? Well, Joe Shea, I don't care, but millions of people do, or do they? Yeah, they do. And I mean, first of all, Gemma Owen is so perfectly her her father's daughter. I mean, like even Alan <laughs> Shearer considers Michael Owen a bit wooden. So, you know, that she's, she's, she's very like him, but she is a bit too young to be in there. Uh, but it's, you know, you might as well say, why do, why do people, why do grown, pe- uh, grown men care about uh, 20, 22 guys kicking a football around the pitch every Saturday? Or why do people get into hang gliding? You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's what you're into and it's, it's definitely got a huge audience and even though people are saying that the audience dropped off in Ireland for instance from a kind of on average on the Monday night the launch was 235,000 and that's not even taking into account the Virgin Media player where there was a yeah. massive numbers again trying to log exactly. in not using traditional television yeah. to get it. Well, but that's what I was going to say I mean it still it still finds a huge audience in Ireland and it's not all on linear TV part of what Love Island has and part of its attraction and part of why advertisers like eBay are absolutely you know, dying to get associated with the show is it, it goes beyond traditional TV and it captures that 15 to 30 year old audience through social media, through streaming, through the player and all that kind of stuff. So for people to say, why would you be interested in it? it that, that's kind of missing the point of the whole thing. I think the one thing I would say about Love Island is it's very honest TV. Everybody going on to it knows what they're getting into at this stage, even if they are very young. And and people know that, you know, what's on the screen is, is are the people for better or for worse. And that conversation there between Jax and um, and, and Gemma were, was was very, it was like any teenager or young person's conversation you've ever heard on a bus or a train. Yeah, but you hear it on a bus and a train, Grace, and you tune out and you don't take any notice <laughs> of it. You're part of the demographic that this is aimed at. Why do you like it? Now, not all conversations are that tedious. Uh, <laughs> I guarantee that. However, I kind of think, it, as I say, like good, clean fun. It's interesting to watch and it you can kind of, it brings up conversations that I think are important to have. I think that's the importance of reality TV today. Um, whereas last year you could see kind of a tumultuous relationship between two people who cared about each other and it brings up discussions about, you know, your behaviour, how you should behave around other people, that kind of thing. So I think it does have a good message. And then also it's a bit of crack. Like um, there was one girl and she came out with a good line. I thought she, you know, people have their type on paper. That's the thing in Love Island. My type on paper, he's tall, he's dark handsome this girl her type was broken noses what yeah i swear so anyway it's just a bit of crack you know you get these marvelous one-liners that you just you just enjoy it's light tv and i think it's nice as well to have that element of tuning in with the rest of the nation at the same time and the element of live tweeting you get on twitter on the breaks and have a bit of a chat there's a listener here says only airheads watch love island would you be offended by that now the idea that you're sort of somewhat lesser to other people because you'd watch Love Island. Oh, it wouldn't offend me at all. But, you know, you do get comments like that when you like reality TV, but people are people are multifaceted. And I'd like to think that, you know, you're not just pigeonholed because you like one thing. 
Joe, let's moving on. Uh, we, this is the time of year where we should be watching the World Cup for football for those yeah. people who like to see 22 men kicking a ball around. <laughs> and of course, it's not happening till November because the Qataris bought the World Cup for later in the year. What do you make though, of Netflix's idea that apparently they want to do a reality series featuring the England football team's wives and girlfriends, the wags I- at Qatar? I hope this happens. I really, really hope this happens because I'm not that interested in, in, in the World Cup of Qatar, but I'd be very interested in this because I remember 2006 in Germany and the birth of the WAG and the WAGs and how they were blamed for England going out in the quarterfinal stage of Portugal on penalties, of course. And that was fantastic. And of course, we just recently had the Rebecca Vardy, uh, you know, that the big libel trial going on. Uh, yeah, I wonder, with, uh, will Netflix try and persuade Gareth Southgate to recall Jamie Vardy to the England <laughs> squad simply yeah, so right. Rebecca can go so can, to the can get back in, the in there. Yeah. yeah, so she can get back. Like, this is great. I mean, it's, it's a, a genius move. I, I'm wondering, will they be able to pull it off? Because I'd say, you know, Southgate and the English FA are not going to want to have anything to do with this. But apparently they've lined up uh, Danny Dyer, who's gone out with Jared Bowen. Uh, they've got Jack Grealish's girlfriend, Sasha Atwood, and Anushka Santos, who's the wife of defender Luke Shaw. So... If they can pull it off, it will be fascinating because you're right. You said Qatar bought the World Cup and they did. Uh, and I personally, I'm going to check out of this World Cup. But to see these, this going on around that, and if England have one of their traditional kind of like, you know, mad upside down kind of going out in penalties when everything, when they're set to win the whole thing, the, actually seeing it through the eyes of the Wags, I think it'd be fascinating TV. Grace, are you a football fan? Kind of. I've been roped in now that Liverpool are on the up. Okay, but would you be interested in this programme if it was to happen? Absolutely. I'm sure you're not shocked to hear that. I would be totally interested. And I think if they were clever about it, they would do pre, mid and end game airing. I I kind of imagine it like that. Like you'd see a bit of the wags at the beginning, you know, half time there'd be a bit of the wags and at the end as well. And I think you could rope in so many more people to watch. Instead of the panel doing analysis, we would actually maybe have what the wags are eating (laughs) and drinking at halftime and full time and what they're bitching about what's happened to their boys on the pitch. A hundred percent. And I actually have wrote down a sort of dream lineup now. Please, go for it. It's not, um, you know, necessarily current Wags, current footballers, but this is sort of like an all stars vision for me. So, Co- Colleen Rooney has to be there, I take it. <laughs> she, she is, yeah. yeah. Captain. Uh, Captain. There's Colleen and there's Rebecca Vardy, there's Victoria Beckham, and there's Perry Edwards. And I think it would be a nice, interesting mix of people because you've got to think of the dynamics as well. It's, you know. Sorry, it, who's Perry Edwards? She was in Little Mix, the blonde one in Little Mix. Right. And um, what footballer is Alexander she? Chamberlain. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. I think so. He's a Liverpool man, isn't he? Oxlade Chamberlain, yeah, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain. I didn't know that, but there you go. I miss those things occasionally. Yeah, so I think it would be a nice sort of mix. Um, And I almost imagine it to be like the Real Housewives. It could start a whole franchise, you know? I think actually John Terry would have to be brought back for that, Joe Shea, wouldn't he? Yeah. And maybe have sort of multiple partners, Wayne Bridge and John Terry in the team. <laughs> yeah, wise. I mean, why, yeah, why not do a, do a Masters Wags as well? Like, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, why not? I mean, it, this, I just remember, to 20, uh, do you remember 2006 and all of the coverage suddenly switched from what was going on the pitch to which wag had which uh, designer handbag and who was fighting with who and which wag was dancing on a table and it almost completely derailed England's World Cup Listen in Germany. So, 
So Apre Wags, yes. Apre Wags. I'm sure we could get the lads from Apre Match to don yeah. a few wigs and pretend. Yeah. Uh, listen, we got to get to picks of the week. I'm not even going to get a chance now to play a scene from your choice, Joe. We own this city. I'm really interested in this. Is yeah. it worth watching? It is, uh, is the short answer. Now, I, you're not going to believe this. this is kind of son of the wire, right? So yeah. it's the same team from the David Simon, the writer. It's set again in Baltimore. This is actually, it starts off darker than the wire, if you can believe it, because we've moved on from the kind of, the, it, this is totally through the eyes of the police. And they're now trying to, they're trying to police Baltimore in the Black Lives Matter era with terrible corruption with terrible violence going on in the streets it's really really good you've got John Berenthal people know him from The Walking Dead he plays Sergeant Wayne Jenkins who's this really incredible character this strutting swaggering policeman who seems to be kind of on the right side of the law but you don't know I mean if you're in if you loved The Wire if you love police shows if you love cop dramas we own this city it's on Sky Atlantic on Tuesday nights it's also on Now and uh, it started last week but it's on this Tuesday night and they're repeating the first episodes every night practically couldn't recommend it enough it's it's really good Okay I'm definitely going to watch that I don't know about your choice Grace what's your pick of the week? My pick of the week is more reality TV, but this time with a sort of different slant, not to do with love or anything like that. Um, it's Drag Race and it's this all-stars version. So for people this who don't... This is RuPaul's Drag Race. RuPaul's Drag Race. Jennifer is obsessed with, I have to say. You're really fitting into her shoes very comfortably here tonight. <laughs> Great. Um, so RuPaul's Drag Race, you know... Um, a brief history of RuPaul's Drag Race. It's been on for 14 seasons. Uh, traditionally, it has um, shown men who dress up as women come onto the show and participate in various challenges. Now it's open to uh, any gender, non-binary people, whatever, um, and you dress as men and women. You can dress as Snoop Dogg, whatever you like. Um, but this is an all-stars version. So of the 14 seasons and umpteen spin-offs, you've got only queens who've won their season. So they've come on and they're doing this all-stars version. And it's just great because people might say, you know, it's just whoever dressing up as a man or a woman, but they compete in these brilliant creative challenges, acting challenges, uh, comedy challenges. They make their own gowns. It's very interesting and it's got much more layers than people think. So it's more detailed and developed than Love Island, so isn't it? Well, <laughs> you could argue, yeah. <laughs> We're going to leave it there. Thank you very much, Grace McKeever from entertainment.ie and Joe Shea for joining us here in The Last Word. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here.